Well, luckily for me, my mom growing up was always an entrepreneur. Um, I kind of had both sides of the coin to see growing up. My dad uh, was and, and still does have a uh, tax accounting firm, like a tax uh, business. My grandpa started it. So technically an entrepreneur, but at that point, the barrier for entry was much, much less, you know, he started doing people's taxes on the kitchen counter, went from there. But my dad, I don't really see him as an entrepreneur, even though he technically is because, you know, he took it over and he's, you know, he, he has, he does the, the taxes for people in the business. So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back, Money Talkers. I have a guest today named Evan Johnson. Uh, he is a high-level podcast producer and expert podcast strategist at uh, iPodcast Edit. And uh, he's also the host of a podcast I was recently on called The uh, Path to Podcast Success Show. I had a great time on there with him. We really kind of uh, dived into some money topics and things. And so I asked him to come on to the show for us today. And so, Evan, if you could say hi, I'd appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, everybody. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> well, awesome, man. Well, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad we're able to connect uh, digitally here uh, through our uh, current quarantine situation. So um, let me ask you, I guess, let me start with here. So what does an expert podcast strategist do? Well, um, you know, same, uh, same, you know, a business coach tries to help grow a business. Uh, I try to help people grow their podcasts. Um, my main gig when I started out doing is just podcast production. So I like edit the audio, you know, do the show notes, all that kind of stuff for, for other people's podcasts. But as uh, I went along, I realized as most business owners do, you know, that uh, people usually want more than that. And I want to give more than that as well. So, um, you know, I'm always on, I'm always looking to improve my personal podcast, right? The path to podcast success. I'm always looking to grow that, you know, get in the charts, get higher in the charts, all that kind of stuff. And so now I've, I have begun to offer uh, that service to help others as well using my knowledge and my experience. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was uh, kind of wondering as we kind of talk through this. Um, I failed to mention one thing though, that Evan is, uh, Evan's only 21 years old. When I say only is because it, uh, <laughs> he's already running his own business and, um, and, and kind of came out of the gates running. Um, we had a quick conversation about, you know, the school system and the lack of um, entrepreneurial and financial education that we receive in the school system. So I thought you'd have a really good fun perspective to kind of talk about that. What was your experience in school um, 
regarding those subjects? So regarding like, let's say financial education and entrepreneurship, were you taught how to do all this stuff? Well, um, I do know that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Ooh, very useful. So, uh, does that answer your, <laughs> that pretty much answers your question, I think. <laughs> is that a, is that something you do on your taxes? Is that the mitochondria from the taxes that you learned about or uh, entrepreneurship? No, I don't believe or, so. No? Uh, I don't believe so. Um, I believe I'd be using that if I went into the very niche subject of uh, biology or biomechanical engineering or something like that, um, which I did not do and which I feel like 99% of other people who learn that in school also do not do. So. So how have you, uh, how did you learn to be an entrepreneur? Well, luckily for me, my mom growing up was always an entrepreneur. Um, I kind of had both sides of the coin to see growing up. My dad uh, was and, and still does have a uh, tax accounting firm, like a tax uh, business. My grandpa started it. So technically an entrepreneur, but at that point, the barrier for entry was much, much less you know, he started doing people's taxes on the kitchen counter, went from there. But my dad, I don't really see him as an entrepreneur, even though he technically is because, you know, he took it over. And he's, you know, he he has, he does the, the taxes for people in the business. So he didn't take the entrepreneurial leap. So I mean, that was two, kind of like, there's usually two of them though. There's usually, so you're, you're thinking more of the trailblazer type entrepreneur, like I'm taking the leap, but there's also the operator, you know, and that's kind of more what his role has been. Is that what you're saying? Sort of. I mean, he, so, you know, it was a family business. Um, grandpa started it. Then my dad, he took it over, um, you know, out of school and is still working in there today. Um, so I, since the business was technically started as an entrepreneurial venture, I guess you can consider him an entrepreneur as well. Um, but I've never really thought that way compared to, um, and, you know, he's amazing. He's done great things. And luckily for me, he never pressured me to, you know, take over the family business. I know a lot of people are put into that scenario. Um, and I know that their parents listening to this, your main audience's parents don't do that to your kids. I don't even know where I'd be right now. If I was ever forced or like pressured, even just like in like a offhand way or like almost like a manipulative way, you know, like, Oh, how cool would it be if you took over the business? Like none of that I ever experienced. If I had, I might have ended up working there and man, I would be depressed. It would really? suck. I would really not like, I don't care about taxes, right? I don't, I, that's not my passion. I'm not an accountant. Yeah. Um, I always hated math in school. So yeah. So anyway, <laughs> continuing from there, my mom on the other hand. Well, um, so just before you go into that, so how, how did they approach that with you? You know, what was, what was your experience? Cause you talk about, well, I'm really glad they didn't push me into doing the family business, but so what did they, you know, how, what was the experience and how did they push you? to, to, you know, be yourself, to grow up, to challenge yourself, those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, growing up, um, let me think the main way that I was kind of pushed as far as like career and life and that kind of stuff is, uh, I never had, and honestly still don't, uh, have a definite answer to what are you passionate about? Right. What do you want to do? I'm so happy. I'm an entrepreneur. I love podcasts. I love helping people with that. But it's not like I wake up in the morning and I'm like, yes, let's go edit some podcasts. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I like helping people. Right. The secret, the secret really is though, is that nobody, that that's kind of a false narrative that like people are like, follow your passion. And you're like, okay, I just need to figure out what my passion is. Like there's really, I don't, I honestly, yeah. I've, I've had 13 businesses. Like there's really more of like you said, like kind of you like helping people. 
So that might be the actual, what the passion is. And then the, the avenue that you take is just different. <clears throat> yeah. No, I've found that it's more like, it's not what is you're passionate about is what is passion. Like yeah. what, what would, what would constitute a passion? Because when I was growing up, they would try to help me and not pressure, but push me to try to find a career, right? Mm -hmm. Something I like to do. What do you want to do when you grow career. up? Right. What do I want to be when I grow up? <laughs> I even in elementary school, kindergarten, I didn't have an answer to that question. Yeah. Um, I still don't. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's so interesting. People, they had always pressure and just, you know, both uh, my parents and the school system would be like, what career do you want? What do you want to be when you grow up? And that's, it led to a lot of stress for me personally, because you do need to have some direction. Right. But I don't know. I think now after I've been out of school and I've been on my own, um, I've kind of went back to some of those fundamentals, like, okay, well, what would constitute a passion? Like what, what would constitute a direction? Because now I know after I'm out of the school system and after I've moved out on my own, um, I know that if, you know, finding out what you're passionate about and what you want to be when you grow up. Um, I feel like that's more related to lifestyle as opposed to, do you want to be a doctor or do you want to be a lawyer or do you want to be a teacher? You know, like, well, you that's know, not, you I know, know what's really funny is there's like five careers that ever get answered in that question, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like doctor, yeah. lawyer, teacher, fireman, cop. <laughs> right? Yeah. And like, I remember being like, I remember looking back now, like looking back in the high school and people would always be like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, baseball player. I want to be a baseball player, football player. There's like 10 yeah. things, right? I was like, I, I now, now, like, I didn't even know that what jobs were out there. Like I, I knew like oh, 10 yeah. jobs in my whole life. You know what I mean? Like, how do you make that decision at 16 years old? You know, there are the jobs. The, yeah. Yeah. You know, nothing there about the economy, nothing about the real world, nothing about how, like how many different jobs. I mean, there's just millions of different types of jobs and it's like, you know, none of that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like there are the jobs, what I remember kind of seeing, I know, I knew about the jobs that you could dress up as for Halloween. So firefighter, <laughs> cop. Uh, That's a good way to put military. that. I've never heard that before. <laughs> so yeah. If it comes in a Halloween costume, like you probably knew that job. That's about it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so you knew that job. And then there's like, you could join the military. That was always like a, you could do that. You could join the military. Um, and then there was like, uh, something like teacher, right? You wouldn't really dress up as that for Halloween, but you know, you were in school. So you see the jobs that you see and then whatever your parents did. Yeah. But outside of that realm, all I can really remember thinking about as far as what jobs were out there were these kind of scary corporate uh, sit in a cubicle jobs. Right. Which I didn't that even know what they of, did. I just saw that image. Yeah. You know, that like was I'm that like, outside of fireman, cop, uh, tax accountant, in my case, um, fireman, cop, tax accountant, uh, teacher, pretty much outside of that was just this scary vague image of a cubicle yeah. that pretty much constituted every other job <laughs> so yeah. no idea what those people <laughs> did my life now i think back on that like i remember thinking that like well i could like what do the guys do that wear ties and carry briefcases and go in those big buildings like they've got to do something yeah oh lawyer <laughs> yeah that was lawyer. one people knew. doctor probably, doctor and like, lawyer yeah you doctor, doctor and lawyer or the other yeah, two that's ones. what everybody drops on you yeah. but like <laughs> as as a kid even into my late teens and since pretty much since I moved out on my own about uh, two almost two years ago, um, that the fact that people were always asking, "What do you want to be when you grow up? Where do you want? What do you want your direction to be? What do you want to do?" Thinking, okay, well, I can choose between cop, firefighter, doctor, or lawyer, and all of those sound horrible to me. Not that those people aren't great. We need those professions; they're amazing. But like, 
Uh, I don't do well with blood. I don't want to work a thousand hours a week. So that doctor and lawyer are out. Um, and, and cop and firefighter, all those people work so much doing these things. And I'm like, so now what do I do? All that seemed, all that, it seemed like all that remained was this scary, uh, corporate job or tax accountant in my case. Right. I guess there was always this, oh, well, like if I don't think of anything, I could just do that. Right. Take over the family business that way. Um, again, they never really pressure me, but um, because I never had that decision and I've always been the kind of person to that uh, analysis paralysis is easy for me to get into. And if it's a difficult decision like that, I, I kind of just like not think about it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I know a lot of people are that way. Um, so yeah, that, it just, that was very difficult for me is that everyone kept on asking. And by everyone, I mean parents, parents especially, not in like a mean pressure way, but like when you see your kid, they're 15, 16, 17, like, okay, well, dude, what do you want to do, right? Um, I, said, I have no idea, right? And so yeah. that was, um, of course, then you get into 17, 18, well, now you got to go to college, right? That's yeah. the next step. As I say, and the, you need the, to have, the thing right now is that you're almost doing discovery through college, which has been a, you know, pretty, I guess, traditional pathway. The problem I see right now is that, uh, is the debt that's being racked up yeah, from how, that. So now you're spending a hundred thousand dollars, not knowing what yourself. you want to be. Yeah. yeah like you're, you're not spending, going, there's no direction. There's no like intention. So I really think the college course, can be great if you have that intention and you know what you want to do and you can like specifically take a pathway to it. Like you can't be a lawyer without going to school. Yeah. But if you don't want to be a lawyer and you have no idea what you want to do now, all of a sudden you're 30 grand a year into something you know, or whatever it is, 10 grand, 30 grand and a year, whatever. And that's a very year. low end. I yeah, think there 30 some, grand some a year is on very yeah. low. And that's for like your state school or something. Yeah. And somebody, and you, so you're going into these private schools. Some of these guys are, you know, they're coming out with 200 something thousand dollars in debt and still no idea what they want. They have never done anything. and still no idea yeah. what they want to be. You know, I'm a communications major. Great. What does that mean? <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think college is only for people who want to be a doctor or a lawyer, or like, I know a teacher, you need a bachelor's degree for that. If you are like, I want to be this profession, I want to be a doctor. Okay, well, I want my surgeon to have a degree, right? Preferably not from Harvard. Not, or, not you know, from Groupon. <laughs> As I said, don't so ever like, take the LASIK on Groupon. That's just yeah. professional. But like that, that is what I say college is great for those people, right? If you're like, oh man, I want to be a molecular biologist. Okay, yeah. well, that's great. Go to college, learn how to do that, and then do it. That's awesome. Um, but if you're unsure what you want to be, if you like, like me, my, uh, from some, you know, someone like me, um, it's such a huge waste of time and money. You know, finding yourself isn't exploring careers. I feel like finding yourself is spending time with yourself. That would be going on trips or experiencing life in that capacity, right? I think like a career is very surface level. And that's what's focused on so much that only now am I realizing that there are so many layers underneath that. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to that bottommost layer, then it builds all the rest. And then, okay, well now I kind of know what I want to do, even though it's more abstract. Okay. Well, I really know I have this huge passion for helping people. Okay. Well, that's great. You know, there's a lot of options there, you know, especially entrepreneur because you can help people and make a lot of money doing that and not work a thousand hours a week. So, so I'm yeah. pretty sure you didn't sign an application saying like, I'm going to decide to be a podcast editor, right? So you wasn't like a job posting. You were like, oh, I'm a podcast editor now. Like, so what, how did you arrive at what you're doing now? 
Well, kind of to go back to the beginning of the podcast when I said, like, I had those two paths. Well, we just talked about the dad path, right? Mm-hmm. My, the path my dad uh, had where it was much more traditional. And he kind of fought more traditional. Um, I feel like even now, in some level, um, much better now, but he always kind of had a hard time seeing being an entrepreneur as having a real job, right? Not that he was ever outright, like, what are you doing? This isn't a real job. Mm-hmm. But I just knew that those were his beliefs. Again, I was lucky enough so that both my parents were very, very supportive in anything I did, mm-hmm. but I could still tell that was his belief. My mom, on the other hand, um, growing up, uh, she was always an entrepreneur. Um, I remember she, uh, she had the first maternity store, uh, maternity t-shirt business online called mm-hmm. Mommy Loves. Uh, she made, and now I remember when I was a little kid, um, she had a room where she had the shirt, the press, where she put the t-shirts in and she pressed the designs. There was always like a thousand degrees in there because she was pressing the <laughs> shirts. And then, you know, that was going for a while. And then, um, you know, I was a kid. I didn't, all I saw was, oh, she makes shirts. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Mom makes shirts. And then, you know, time went on and now she has another business, um, an online business, a lot more uh, marketing agency, messenger marketing, but she had a uh, podcast um when i was in high school and so she about the to make it specific to podcasting and how i got started in that she had a podcast when i was in high school and i was starting to think more seriously about getting a job right because everybody started getting jobs not that i had any bills but you know just just to have money because yeah at that point you know going out to eat with friends and that's pretty much it but you know going out to eat with friends i mean you still need money for that um and so she uh, offered to teach me how to edit her podcast and pay me to do it. I was like, okay, sure. So I did. And then some time went by. I was doing that. It was fine. And then she said, okay, well, why don't you do this for other people and charge them too? I was like, huh, uh, okay, sure. And so I did that. She referred me to a couple people and um, it went well. And so I've, and then I took it from there and I've been building relationships and growing the business ever since then. Um, I did have one small venture into normal jobs or worked at the Starbucks for like a month. I think I lasted one month before I quit. Um, I mean, that was horrible. No, no, uh, no offense to Starbucks. You know, it's a great company. They make coffee and a lot of people drink it. Um, I wish I had thought of that, but, um, anyway, I wouldn't recommend working there. You have to remember, remember a lot of recipes and I don't even like coffee. So, yeah, so I lasted about a month and I realized, well, this sucks. I'm on my feet all day working long hours for, you know, minimum wage, which is not great. Um, you know, funny enough, as I think a lot of people find out what they don't want to do more than what they want to do. Yes. <laughs> so that for you is barista. Yes, I knew, I know I do not want to be a barista or work in the like minimum wage. One of those jobs. Yeah. So yeah. I dived into the podcasting. Um, and I also did work just for money. I worked as like a, a receptionist, if you will, for like, for the tax business, for my dad's tax business. Yeah. Um, just cause you know, it was just during tax season is that the time that they would need someone in that position. Those couple months between what, like February and April, yeah. you know, um, I worked there for those months. It was just a temporary thing. Cause that's the only time they need someone. Um, but even then it was nine to five every day. Yeah. I was like, well, this isn't, you know, this isn't great. I want to be able to work whenever I want. Yeah. So it kind of naturally ended up with, okay, well, I'm just going to stick with the podcasting and keep growing that. Even though a lot of people uh, around me didn't outright say, what are you doing? Right. Why are you doing that? 
but it was definitely seen as like a they, it no one really understood what I was doing like friends in high school and stuff um even my girlfriend at the time which I'm still with today um at the time she didn't really get um what I was doing right she didn't really see it as like a, a thing a real thing but then now now we're living here and now I'm still working on that with no other job and just making great money and she's also dived into the entrepreneur thing so people could definitely change their mindsets for sure yeah. um but yeah so that's pretty much how I, I chose the mom path I went that direction um well so I'm you know, curious because being, being at your age group right um uh, what is just bringing us current right now, but you're able to work from your office, from your house, you're able to continue to, you know, bring in money and be the entrepreneur and have fluidity. But I'm assuming that a lot of your friends that have the barista job or have the, uh, the reception job and those kinds of things are at home, not able to earn money right now. Right. Are you seeing what, what kind of experiences do you think they're having uh, having to deal with the um, with the quarantine that we're in and the stay-at-home orders and all those kind of stuff? Well, two of my friends, because um, I only really kind of keep in touch with a couple of my closest friends from high school. Mm -hmm. um, two of my friends from that time are, uh, one friend's dad is a lawyer and uh, he has his own uh, family law practice. And so two of my friends his son, right? One of my friends is the son of the dad who has the law practice. Mm -hmm. And my other, we were all three uh, kind of, you know, we were really good friends. And so those two are both working at that law office. And apparently it's an essential business because, you know, people are still getting divorced, you know, even though those are quarantined. <laughs> they, so, they really left it as an essential business, huh? That's crazy. They both still have their jobs, you know, luckily. Well, good for them. Stuff. And they're both also going to be going to law school here soon. So that's mm -hmm. great. They want to be lawyers. They're doing that. So that is, you do need college for that. Yeah. So I would, I would say that their, their college experience is not a waste of time. Um, of course, if they were, if their only goal was to make money, then they'd be like, okay, well, you're going at that in a very bad way. Yeah. I would be an entrepreneur. If your only goal is to make money and like, you know, help people and stuff. Um, well, you gotta remember most, most lawyers are entrepreneurs. That's true. But I mean, right. just from the fact if that you want to work how many firm, more years yeah. are they going to be in school? How much more debt are they going to go into for, probably only like a hundred K a year job, which is cool. But like the return on that investment isn't too great. I mean, if you're going to invest all this money, you should get a very high return fairly quickly after you're, you know, out of school after you've invested. Yeah. Um, but you know, they both want to be lawyers and that's awesome. Yeah. But so luckily they get to keep their jobs and um, otherwise my friends are just in school. Well, I would say, uh, <laughs> I would say into, into talking about that though, like, you know, you kind of said, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like people aren't going to start, get, stop getting divorced. Like that's a pretty tough job to, uh, to outsource to the robots coming, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> they might be, yeah. it might be okay in that business profession too. So i kind of want to circle back around. So, um, you kind of live, uh, growing up in the rich dad, poor dad book, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you had your mom, a very entrepreneurial, you had your dad, very, you know, kind of traditional, you said. And so, um, you kind of ended up down the middle, I'm assuming. So, but you ended up on, on mom's side and heading down the entrepreneurial <laughs> path without kind of having to take that leap of faith and take that step um, without knowing where your foot's going to land. Oh, yeah. It's, it's hard. You know, it's definitely, I mean, if I had taken the tax business, it would have been much more sure, right? Yeah. They, dad and grandpa both did it. So all they'd have to do is, okay, tell me what to do. Okay, do this, this, and this. Then when you have this, educa this education from this place, 
you can come work at the office and yeah here it is what you see is what you get right mm-hmm. um no to not very much risk required um but now you know with being an entrepreneur is much more uncertain i mean there's only so much my mom could do she could refer me one or two people so i was lucky enough to have that connection right out of the gate a lot of people aren't that fortunate um of course it's definitely not impossible if you don't have any connections um but I was lucky enough to have that connection where she referred me a person, uh, two people. Uh, I'm not working with those people anymore. So everyone I have now is, uh, you know, uh, some people I've gotten on my own from my own relationships I've built, but um, I was lucky enough to have that connection at first. But even so, it's still much more uncertain because I could lose a client at any moment. Someone yeah. could text me, hey, I'm done, right? I'm not producing the podcast anymore. Well, like, I'm not going to charge them if they're not sending me content to produce. I mean, that's not that's something I can charge them for. So that's a client gone. And that's happened before, you know, and that's stressful. But you just have to work to, um, you know, make it happen and, and still get new clients or new relationships or new customers or whatever. Um, and I'd say the, the pros far outweigh the cons for being an entrepreneur, even though the cons are are pretty scary. Yeah, a lot of it's mental. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the con side of it. So you have a, I, I feel like you have an internal struggle, uh, where we go on these emotional roller coasters, right? Where it's like, man, things are great. Then all of a sudden it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, and it's like, <laughs> I can't do this. Why am I doing this? This is terrible. You know, and it's like, so you go on these little emotional roller coasters and sometimes it can be the same day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah exactly yeah. and that's, that's that's the goal as well you know and that's what i'm working for and what most entrepreneurs in the fairly beginning ish stages yeah. right are working towards is getting to a point where uh they're more financially confident right where it's not like an up and down one month they make this much and the month they make down this much right yeah um so that's there gets to a point when you're an entrepreneur where your ups your downs are still pretty far up from where you were before yeah. your downs are still not that bad and your ups are great you so know i'll tell you this though because i've been anywhere from zero to 50 million dollar plus a year right and uh it, it doesn't i read a book called ept it's from um alex sharfin and it's really weird because the struggles and the emotional feelings really don't go away with the money side of it so we would feel that way, you know, as you're building and growing and doing these things, you're like, okay, well, once this business starts to make X, Y, Z dollars, I'll feel good. But as an entrepreneur, the reason that you don't take the safe path is that you like the challenges and the wins and the losses and you, you get kind of addict, emotionally addicted to it. And so like when, you know, your company hits that X, Y, Z mark, it's like, if you stay there, you're dying. Like unless you're making progress and momentum and you're staying in momentum and you're pushing things to the next level or you're trying the next ideas. Like that's what I mentioned earlier. Like when you mentioned that your dad wasn't an entrepreneur, but he's running a business, he's an operator. And so as an entrepreneur that pushes a lot of times you have to be, you're the one that pushes the envelope. Like you're going to come up with 10 ideas. Nine of them are going to be terrible. One of them's going to be amazing. And a lot of times it helps to have that operator that can take the idea and implement it for longer term because sometimes ideas take a little longer and they need more dedication. But that, that I guess as an entrepreneur, you probably call the boring side, right? Where it's like, all right, I got to do the same thing every day for a year, two years, three years, four years. Like that's what scares, that's what scares you. Right. (laughs) And that's kind of what you talked about. You're like, I could just go do that, but I've been doing the same thing every day and I'd be miserable and depressed. Right. 
Yeah. And of course, the great part about being an entrepreneur <laughs> is you can outsource that stuff. Yeah. And you should, right? The, the, the yeah. monotonous stuff that you don't care about, like answering emails and yeah. you know, sales or marketing or, or whatever. Or like for me, it was the, the editing of the podcast, right? The audio editing. Well, I don't actually do that anymore. I have a guy who does that for me. And yeah. I focus on working on the business instead of in it. Yeah. Um, as much as I can be, right? And that, but when you're in a in a corporate job, you're the guy that's being outsourced <laughs> too, right? So you're stuck. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Um, and it's a that's a big lesson that you've learned already. That's pretty impressive because that's the thing is something's repeatable and uh, and teachable. Uh, you shouldn't be doing it as the driver of the business. Oh yeah. Plus I just, I try to only do things that I actually enjoy doing. I mean, isn't that the whole point of being an entrepreneur in the first place? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel people get so caught up in, in growing the business and they end up just being in their own self-made corporate job where they're working 80 hours a week yeah. doing everything. It's like, yeah. that's not, I thought you were wanted to be an entrepreneur so that you could have the freedom, right. To yeah. only work 20 or 30 hours a week, but still grow massively. I mean, I think that's, that's where the gold is of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, I think that um, what you're talking about too is on that side of it is being able to identify your goal, right? Yeah. And so that is a skill set where you say, we talked earlier about what do you want to be when you grow up? We should be asking like, what do you, and it's, and it's almost like, you know, you say, what do you want to do when you grow up? But it's really like, what do you want to accomplish? Like, what do you, what, do, what are your goals? And if you can pull what those do you goals, want your you can life back to up. Look like? Yeah, like what, what do you, where do you want to end up? Like there's one thing to just think about what do you want to do daily as you go to work to do this? but why are you doing it in the first place? And if you can figure out that why, same thing with businesses, you know, when you start up a company, okay, what is the end goal for this company? You know, there's only really three out outcomes for a business and that's to pass it on, which is what you're talking about. Grandpa to dad business, leave a, leave a legacy business, you know, have an income, um, close or sell. And yeah. as you, you know, if you're not going to be passing on all these businesses, like a business is actually the fastest way to wealth. Oh, it's yeah. the, it's the, it's the most risky way to wealth, <laughs> but, but it's selling also your the own fastest. product or service, yep. you know, like that is, yeah, the fastest way to make money for yeah. sure. Well, not just make money. So wealth is the way I, when I say that is because it becomes an asset. And if you realize that your business mm. is an asset, right, you start to look at like, would someone buy this business? And the only way someone will buy a business, they will not buy a job. Okay. So if you make yourself a job, you're going to have a hard time getting anybody to buy it from you. You have to be able to have a business like you talked about, being able to step out to be the driver, but being having people that are outsourced to one of those are employees for you or right now we're in a lot of gig economy, uh, which is I'm pretty sure probably what you have a lot of as well lined up with your places, have a repeatable process, have an income stream of businesses uh, and have an acquisition of customers. If you realize that you can put those things together, you build an asset. And that asset's sellable because somebody else who has a podcast editing company for yourself, like in your in example, your business, like you have a podcast editing company and it's huge. You're like, okay, well, I'm going to buy Evans. What does he have? What assets? Oh, he's got, you know, 50 customers. He has all of his processes lined up. This is where he gets his leads from. This is great. We can just assimilate that right in our business. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of like when Microsoft, they paid, I don't remember how many billions of dollars for Skype. Right. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, why would they do that? They could have made Skype probably in like an hour, you know what I mean? With the engineers they have, it yeah. wasn't like they were, you know, they could, they could make the technology, but they wanted yeah. the, they wanted the whatever 80 million user base. And like Disney and Pixar, Disney bought Pixar. And it's the same, like they're both kind of the same thing. They both make movies, but 
you know, instead of two competitors, Disney was like, I'm just going to buy you out and so that you're part of me now. Yeah. And you get the people. So, right. Yeah. And you get and the so people and the relationships. That was their asset. Pixar. Yeah. That, their asset was, was, uh, was the people, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and that's the thing is that every business is a little different that they have different valuable portions in their industry. Right. So, um, you know, I sold a dealership and one of the things that we were kind of talking about doing the dealership, it was like, you could just open one up. It's not, I mean, it's just land and inventory, you know, like there's, there's no differentiating pieces. A lot of that, especially in RVs, like where I was in cars is a little different cause you have flags, but why does one Ford dealer do tremendously better than another Ford dealer? Well, it's the people, it's the management, it's the processes. Those are the valuable parts of a dealership, you know, in, uh, in, 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 uh, you know, service economies, a lot of times where your digital marketing and those kind of things, like what's your client base? because that's what they're buying. They're going to buy the client base and then they're yeah. going to maximize valuation out of them. Right. And so if you realize that when you're building your company, that's where you kind of can, can make the biggest damage of, of, of accumulating the wealth because you know, you may not want to be a podcast editor 20 years from now, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you get that entrepreneurial spirit in you and so you get going. So, um, you know, it, it's pretty interesting. And so if you think about what you want to do with the business eventually, then it helps you to build how you want to build it. And that is to kind of bring it, you know, full circle that way. All of this stuff, which is really, I mean, the path to that wealth, um, man, th that was never, nothing even, even in the same universe as that was mentioned in any level of school I've ever had. No, you know, I, I, so. <laughs> I, I wish I had been taught that, right? Because I had a company that I probably could have sold for more than a million dollars. And two years later, it was gone. It was worth nothing. And I just didn't know that. Like, I didn't know you could buy and sell companies. They're like real estate. I had no idea. You know, like, and I don't understand. Like, if, if we put these things into, into the path of wealth to, to, to the school system, I'm assuming you just came out of school. Like, you didn't talk about this at all, right? Oh, no, no. I, I dropped out of college, technically. Uh, I went to college because I hadn't really had a lot of these thoughts, even though I technically had my business and it really feel like it kind of mm -hmm. because like my start, it wasn't like I made this huge risk. Like I was just in high school. My yeah. mom set me up with a person and I was just <laughs> editing like two podcasts. I was like an hour, like it's like three hours a week of work, you know? Um, it was like a hundred, $200 a month or a week. Uh, no, yeah, it was like $200 a month. So it was very, very small very, very essentially no risk. So I wasn't really feeling the entrepreneur side of it until I started getting ready to move out. I was like, okay, well now I need money. Now I need, I'm not, I don't just money for food. I need money for rent. Right. And food. Yeah. Um, and all the stuff you didn't know that you needed money for. <laughs> when yeah, exactly. Home, right? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, the but quote unquote, yeah, I real world. <laughs> yeah. And also when that happened, I dropped out of college because I had, like I said, I had gone to college because that was just what you did after high school. Right. You went to college. I went to a local state school in California and where I grew up. And uh, then eventually, so that was horrible. I was really depressed the whole time. Uh, I still remember the day I, I, I from there, I transferred to an online school. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a baby step to eventually then dropping out. I didn't really know at the time. I transferred to an online university. So all my classes were online. Um, and I still remember the day, uh, my last day, the last semester I was at that physical school. Um, man, it felt like this huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. Like, wow, that really sucked. That was such a waste of time. <laughs> and then I went to online school 
And then I started to grow my business um, and I got pretty sick uh, as well in, in February of last year. Uh, it's a little over a year ago now. And I was like, okay, well, um, you know, I'm thinking about all these things that are really important to me because I'm very sick. You know, the kind of thoughts a lot of people have when you, when you get sick like that. And um, yeah, this is still a waste of time, even though it's not as much time because it's online. Mm-hmm. It's not as much resources. I don't have a 40 minute commute one way anymore. Um, so, but I was like, okay, this is still a waste of time. Even five minutes doing this five minutes I could spend on my business five minutes. I could spend reading a book. I like five minutes. I could spend watching a TV, that TV show that I like something like that. So, uh, it's a waste of time. So I dropped out of that, um, and focus on the business hundred percent, even though I only had like two or four months left until I would have gotten my degree. I was like, that's still just a waste of time. I wouldn't use the degree. You know, why would I, well, even if I was one day away, why spend the day doing it when it, it wouldn't make a difference? So, yeah, so I dropped out. So when you made that uh, decision, like, what were, what was your goal? Like, did you, mm-hmm. were you, were you able to identify what you wanted at that point? Or you just knew what mm-hmm. you didn't want? It was more along the lines of I knew what I didn't want. And I knew that what I wanted to do was continue to grow the business so I could focus on having the lifestyle that I wanted to have, you know, or that I was developing my idea of the lifestyle I wanted to have. Um, And like I said, I mean, even today, I'm still not entirely sure what I want, what my perfect life would look like, Um, you know, um, but I knew that I didn't want, I knew that college was a waste of time for me personally. So, so I knew that thinking yeah. that the audience is, is the majority of can be parents of kids that are uh, there, that they're dealing with this upcoming situations. What will be your takeaway from that? Well, I see a lot of parents on TV shows and in real life. Um, if you want to be like pushing their kids to college because the path of success is, is college um, and you'll know, getting good grades, being a good student. Um, well, for me right now, um, Every single grade I've ever gotten on anything is absolutely worthless to me because I don't have a degree and I don't need one. And I'm never going to get one um, because no matter what, I have skills that I could always fall back on and use online to generate an income. So I'd say that if you have kids, no, I'm not a parent personally, but as a child myself, um, I'd say that if you have kids and they seem to be kind of depressed or other like mental health problems or you can see that they aren't getting good grades in school they don't seem to be a good kid um i wouldn't then label them as a bad kid and force them to go to school i would say okay well what 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 else would you want you know what i mean no i i would i would then leave it to the parents and you the parenting experts to take it from there but i would just say that um a kid getting bad grades or not wanting to go to college isn't just a phase or they want to take a gap year or something Um, I'd say that they don't want to be a doctor or a lawyer. And so that means college isn't right for them. And they know that even if they can't express it, like I couldn't express it back then. I knew I didn't want to be in a corporate job. I knew I didn't want to be a doctor or a lawyer, but you know, you're, even when I was 17, I was still just a kid. I didn't really have a clear idea and I didn't know how to develop a clear idea because you know, schools don't teach you that. I didn't know how to develop a clear idea about what I wanted. All I knew was that I didn't want to be in a corporate job. And even then it was more of a feeling that wasn't a conscious thought. And so, um, you know, I didn't do too, I did fine, I guess, in school, 
and I was depressed when I was uh, at college. And so if I had, uh, if someone had known exactly kind of what I'm saying right now, and it could have told me that and said, it's okay to drop out of college. You're not going to be a failure, right? If you drop out of college, which is what most parents would tell their kids, even indirectly. Um, they were like, okay, you know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to drop out and I'm going to focus on starting a business, right? Or developing skills or finding something that I like doing or traveling or something like that. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm just listening to you. So it's, um, you know, it, there's a, there's a lot of paths and, you know, for me, um, I think that, you know, it's important to hear that point of view that it's okay, but you do need to have those talks to say, okay, if you're not going to do this, what is it that you want to do? Oh yeah. Right? And you and can't so, just sit at home and play video games all no. the time. Right. I mean, it's <laughs> exactly. okay to have a day where you can rest, <laughs> Yeah. but like the alternative to not going, if you drop out of college or like, you know, if you have a kid who doesn't go to college, well, then the next step is not going to be hanging out and playing video games in the basement all yeah. day, every day for the next 20 years. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, you need to develop that plan. And that's why I know what I was like, you know, there's a lot of different paths to success, but there's one of the things that we need to do is continue to identify what the outcomes needs to be and then how to get to that outcome. You know, and like you kind of mentioned, like you wanted a specific amount of uh, work hours. So, okay, let's talk through that. And, you know, and you had parents that were able to probably give you some guidance and some help on those kinds of things. And like, that's, that's really important. And so I think that's a great takeaway. And uh, I think that's where we're going to wrap up right here. So Evan, I want to say like thank to, you. Well, oh, yeah, I, go ahead. Just quick, I want to quickly jump in and just a really big thing that uh, I've learned after I moved out is that um, you can't force anyone anything. Like you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, you know? So like if I had been forced to sit down, okay, sit down and like journal and write what you want to do. Yeah. Um, I'd have been like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I had thought I wanted to do it on my own. So that's just. Like, yeah. I'm just more talking about having those conversations though. Like yeah. It needs to be refocused because like you said, you can't just say, okay, well, I'm not going to go to college and then I'm just going to deliver pizza and I'm going to play video games all day long. You know, like you can't, there needs to be some sort of conversation to where, yeah. okay, if we're not going to do this and be open to it, I guess is what I'm saying is that, yeah. you know, if you're going to have that openness of a parent and say, you know what? College is the way, college is the way, college is the way, and kids pushing back, pushing back, pushing back. Okay, listen, what's the alternative? You know, let's find let's let's find out how another way to, to do this if you have a different way that this isn't gonna work for you, because you know what you don't want to do. And coming at it as a conversation between a parent and a child, but also between an adult parent and an adult per child person, even if they're 16, 17, mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of power. Like me personally, if a parent said you need to think of something else, okay, well, why? Because I said so. I'd be like, that's stupid. And I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? Because doesn't make, I don't understand that. It yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So like, you know, if I, if I was talked at like, like a fellow adult, even though I am the child of said adult, then that would go over so much better. And yeah. Like, okay, that's yeah, a good that tip. Sense. Yeah. No, that's a good tip. That's uh, yeah. I think that you're hundred percent right. Actually, it's probably going to go backwards. Like they say, you can lead a horse water, but you can't make a drink try doing that with a 16 year old you're probably going to get a lot worse than not drink <laughs> you're probably going to get shoved in the pool thrown mud at and run away you know yeah so, exactly <laughs> well uh listen Evan, man, um if if uh the money talk listeners uh, uh, want to get uh more information from you or find out more about what you do where's the best place to find you well um you can look up evan bradley johnson on facebook that's me you can you know friend request send me a friend request connect with me there ipodcastedit.com is where you can find the show notes to my podcast um along with uh, you know a little bit about me my services and stuff 
um, Path to Podcast Success. You can search on iTunes or Spotify or Google or wherever you want. You can listen to it there. Um, and ipodcastedit at gmail.com is my email address. You can reach out because of the quarantine. It really is the perfect time to start a podcast because everybody's listening, right? And they got yeah. nothing else to do. <laughs> and so I'm giving a free coaching session to anyone who's interested. There's like oh. a podcast strategy session. If cool. you have yeah. an idea for a podcast, you're thinking, I might want to do this, but I don't know anything about anything related to the podcast. I don't know where to start. I don't know how to articulate what I want my idea to be. Um, I can help with that. I'm not going to charge for, you know, a free session. That's totally fine. Awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot of people that have a lot of interest to it and it's really uh, been expanding quite a bit. So oh, yeah. uh, I appreciate that, man. And thank you for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at the Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kid's financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker. <laughs>